The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, beautiful people. This is Culture Shock on Flash Black Radio, specifically health and wellness. Hashtag H-A-W for health and wellness, or you can do hashtag health and wellness. But this is health and wellness on Culture Shock on www.flashblackradio.com. I am so happy. (laughs) (laughs) It's been some time. Uh, We've been doing this for almost three years now. Uh, in terms of Flash Black, the movement, and in doing this, one of the first people to agree to share some of their time, their knowledge, and their field of expertise was none other, none other than Nurse Jamie. And Yay. Nurse Jamie is find found some time in her busy schedule to to grace us with her presence. So I am super thankful that she's back. Uh, we're gonna try to build her in a little bit more frequently. Uh, but until then, let's just go ahead and just get right to it. So, Nurse Jamie, you said you wanted to talk about something specifically. You, it's almost like you called me. Like, I think we just, like, we need to connect. We needed to connect. Yeah, because it's been a minute since we talked outside of Flashlight, too. So, I was just like, yeah. First right. of all, it was very good to see your face. I felt like I didn't see you in a month of Sundays. Because it's, it's been a month of Sundays. Yeah, yeah. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. So, it's good to see you. You too. Um, so, the whole conversation, we were doing our, what we would be, our promise that we were going to check on in on each other right and then we started to talk about what I, what has been called the medical apartheid and mm-hmm. we were talking about how it affects the black mothers and so forth and i was mm-hmm. letting you know that it's not just mothers it's the black community throughout the whole spectrum of medicine oh so now so now, i don't know if i was saying mothers in particular i think that might have been a point but mm-hmm. i know i've had my own I have my own. I have my own story. I have a couple of experiences with this one specific story that I eventually will share. But then also, I have a actually. If you listen to Flash Black Radio, K Savage has had a number of experiences uh, with the health field because she she contends unfortunately with a chronic issue, so she's had to you know get that handled from time to time, and she handles it like a G. But she's had to deal with a lot of nonsense and shenanigans. So at some point. Uh, K Savage has agreed already. You've agreed already. We're going to sit down and we're going to have a conversation about that because unfortunately there are people who don't know how to advocate for themselves. Very true. I've been in that position where it's just like, I know this isn't right or I feel like I should ask more, but I'm not feeling like I'm getting the type of care or attention I need. And that's a big thing for me. I, I advocate crazily for my patients. I have no problem doing that. Mm-hmm. And interim i tell my friends you know if you have a question if you're about to go talk to a doctor and you're not sure mm-hmm. you can always say hold on let me call so and so they're in medicine i'm really not understanding c and they have to stop mm-hmm. and if you give them permission to talk to that person mm-hmm. they can explain it mm-hmm. i take pride in the fact that you can give me all the medical jargon you want mm-hmm. And I'll, bring, I'll return it to my patients mm-hmm. in plain language. And when I was at Prince George's Hospital Center, everybody was like, your patients love you. Mm-hmm. I was like, because I'm not sitting there trying to 
be better than them. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. If I don't know, I'm going to say, I don't know. Let me look it up. Mm-hmm. But the whole point of sitting there talking to you to make sure you understand, that's the whole purpose of us going to school is to communicate with people mm-hmm. on their level. And if you're not, if you, I've learned the best way I could put it is I've learned through like being on the other side with my family members mm-hmm. and seeing the things that happen. And I'm saying, hold up, that's not right. Cause I make it a point not to let you know I'm a nurse. Mm-hmm. And that, it, that's actually powerful. That's actually powerful. I've, I've actually in a similar situation, not obviously the same. It's like, you know, not apples to apples, but, uh, years ago when I decided I wanted to like, you know, pop the question, I had a friend who was a gemologist and she was kind enough to go with me to, I'm not going to put, put her name on blast, but she was kind enough to go with me, uh, to do like some ring shopping mm-hmm. and people were spouting on information. Some was accurate and some was not, but she's like, yeah, she would just give like little counters like here. Like, oh, oh, you seem like, you know, a lot. like, oh yeah, I know I have a couple friends to do this, that type of thing, whatever, but not really saying that I'm a certified gemologist. Right. Like, yeah. Cause so. you, cause you get to sit back and you get to watch people work. Stump, yeah. Stumble in yeah. case in point recently, my grandmother was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Everyone's running around. Oh, she's so very sick. Blah, 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 blah. What's wrong? Simple question. What's wrong? Oh, she has a urinary tract infection. It's, oh, that's just really bad. I was like. UTI. Thank you. And like I, cranberry juice and some fluids, right? She's 94. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, Rama's 94. And I was like, mm. And I didn't mean. I didn't mean it to be rude. I asked my mom. Like, have you ever been with a woman? This is not abnormal. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at me. I was like. This is not the end of the world. Yeah, you can get a UTI just from some vigorous loving. Well, I, I don't want to think that way about my grandma. But I'm, just <laughs> saying, I'm just not your grandma, but I'm just saying it could happen that way too. I'm just correct. So, so did I just go? Okay, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> just being being honest. That's so, I've been so excited about to talk about talking to you about this mm-hmm. that I've actually have spent lots of time. Like researching, I appreciate it. I I like like because at the end of the day, like people are gonna take this information and hopefully utilize it. And I want it to be right, you know. So it's one of those things that like people, if I'm wrong with something, if I'm not correct, then correct me. That's what this is about. So, so, to, so to start off, mm-hmm. the book I was telling you about, mm-hmm. I recommend is hard to read, Medical Apartheid by I think her name is Harriet. Something or other. Harriet Washington. Harriet Washington. Okay. And they talk about the medical apartheid mm-hmm. from colonial to present. Mm-hmm. And what is said, and I must make this disclaimer, not all medical professionals function under this way. Mm-hmm. And they actually feel like when we come in and we say, oh, I'm having pain or this is the issue. We can take pain more than other people. It's correct. not that big of a deal. Correct. Mm-hmm. And no, it's not just people. What, what do we call them? Non-POCs? Yes. That's a new. Yeah. It's not people's of color. Yeah. Got it's it, yeah. not. It's not just them. It's the way that the whole system is taught. Mm-hmm. I believe I was telling you about. So they're taught this way. They're taught this way. And it's, a, it's like the system. What is it? Systemic racism thing. Mm-hmm. But it's taught. Because you like. Even in the ER, I would sit there and I would mm-hmm. watch the doctors, the new doctors, mm-hmm. and they would come to the bedside 
and you'll see them. They'll talk to your Caucasian patients, Asian patients. Are, are you married? Are you heterosexual? Whatever, whatever. Then they get to the black patient and they're like, do you do drugs? Do you drink? You got more than one sexual partner? Use condoms? You do this? And I'm like, not everyone lives that lifestyle. <laughs> and you're sitting there and you're with like 80-year-old women and they're like looking at them like, one lady was like, do you do that? Before you ask me questions like that, you need to make sure your life right. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and I just started laughing. I was like, that's on you. So in this book, they started out with the original medical pictures that you see where people are doing surgeries and so forth on black people. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they did these surgeries in trials via, no, it's not via, they used other slaves to hold them down and didn't give them any medication. So they like would sew up their vaginas and things like that. Just to see what would happen. Right. And mm-hmm. other doctors were there. Mm-hmm. And it was so gruesome that some of the doctors had to leave. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the major medical people, they do pharmaceuticals, actually has the rights to some of these pictures. Mm -hmm. So when the author asked for, could she use the picture in her book, they wanted to read the book before they would. I imagine it, yeah. And when they read it. They're like, nah. Nah. Well, what's that say about them, though? Right. You know what I mean? Like, 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 are you doing that now? And this is. That goes into a lot of arguments that we are having still in this country in terms of like, okay, if y'all not doing that, then what is the big problem with like, like what what is it within you? But anyway, I'm sorry. So that was it. I read that one, and of course, you, everyone. Well, I have read the Henrietta Lacks book. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar, but like for those who might not be familiar, can you just give a quick breakdown of who Henrietta Lacks was and why it's such she's a big so deal. important. Yeah, she's okay. a big deal. Henrietta Lacks was. A black lady from Virginia who actually had cervical cancer. And this is like in the 60s, 70s? I believe so. Yeah, it's not too long ago. And um, she felt this lump, went to the doctor, and the doctor was like, Oh, you're pregnant. That's what it's from. Mm-hmm. So she went nine months, no treatment, mm-hmm. gave birth, still was having pain. Mm-hmm. Come to find out she had cancer. Mm-hmm. It progressed, it got worse. Mm-hmm. And the doctors actually took biopsies. When she they took biopsies, and when she died, they took more biopsies. Mm-hmm. And the husband was like, You can do an autopsy, but don't destroy her, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. They did. So what I was trying to explain to people that people in Baltimore really are scared of Johns Hopkins. Mm-hmm. I probably John Hopkins, I'm sorry. Um, because they always did really horrible things to the black people in Baltimore, Baltimore City. Mm-hmm. And so they took her cells and they sent it to a pathologist routine. Usually the cells were dying. Her cells kept multiplying. Mm-hmm. They multiplied and they sold them. They sold them. They used them for treatment, for your basic vaccines. Basically, a lot of things that they have cures for came because of her cells. Her cells. And the way when you get biopsied and it goes, it's the first two letters of your first name and the second two letters of, I mean, I'm sorry, the first two letters of your first name and the first two letters of your last name. Mm -hmm. So hers was HeLa. Mm -hmm. They were the HeLa cells. Literally, people have made 
billions of dollars off of studying her cells. Mm-hmm. Her family has received nothing. nothing. And, and they, they their permission was not asked for. And, it was not know, granted. And, and yeah. it's even worse because th- th- her story brought up informed consent. Mm-hmm. That's where the informed consent came from. HIPAA laws and stuff like that? No. Informed consent? mm -mm. Okay. Informed consent is basically, if you're getting an invasive procedure, I need to tell you the risk associated, the risk and the benefit, so that you can make an informed decision regarding this procedure. Mm -hmm. Okay? That comes from the doctor. Mm -hmm. So when they started doing research, most of your research, even at NIH, didn't have informed consent. There was no consent. Mm -hmm. So to fix it, quote unquote, fix it, um, the um, Hopkins research actually called her children was like, we want to test you to see if you have the same cancer as your mom. Boys can't get cervical cancer. Got to have a cervix. Mm -hmm. They tested these kids. Mm -hmm. They basically swapped them, did all the the regular research stuff. Mm -hmm. In Long story short, they found out that if you get a biopsy, it's no longer yours. Even though it's your cells, mm-hmm. it's not yours. Mm-hmm. You have no rights mm-hmm. to it. So her family, Hopkins has called themselves fixing it, mm-hmm. but they did These mm-hmm. people still have poor education they still are poverty stricken they're still having issues getting their medications and Henrietta Lacks was also black yes yeah so even her she they were part of that whole um marry your first cousin type mm-hmm. thing that was going on so her kids had genetic syphilis so they had issues with hearing and seeing and stuff like that mm. and th- Hopkins actually took advantage of the fact that these this whole family just wasn't educated enough to do that Mm. so a lot of people are upset but that's that's where that whole voting and everything comes into play because this is a law that people have gone for okay so very quickly uh just so you know if you want to find out more about henrietta Lacks, there's a there's a there are a few books on it it's an actual book it was a young lady i believe she I don't have the book anymore on my phone, but um, it's the it's the it's the life of Henrietta Lacks. It was one of the best reads I've read in a while. Okay, and also there's a PBS special that they did on Henrietta Lacks as well, I believe. I think you can go right on YouTube and pull it up. If not, go to pbs.org and put in Henrietta Lacks. The last letters in the name are L A X, right? L A C K S. L A C K S. Lacks. That's okay. how they okay okay they did it so bad that people were caught like journalists were calling the family and didn't really know that her name so they were just making up names okay LSEKS okay good see learn something you corrected me thank you all right so like back to this uh, medical apartheid this so hate oh yeah so in that one of the doctor one of the journalists that wrote the book actually mm-hmm. was looking at doctors notes. Mm-hmm. Like from rap journals and things like that. And they actually, she saw as late as the 1970s where they were actually allowing patients to, black patients with insurance, no reason for them not to get care, mm-hmm. was watching the progression 
of end-stage renal disease. Mm. That is very hard as a nurse not associated with it mm-hmm. to watch. Because mm-hmm. you've seen it, you've seen what it does to, to the body. You've seen you've seen the full spectrum of like life and death. Correct. So, so you have to keep in mind that your kidneys clean. So you're basically poisoned from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And they sat and they watched these men, these women mm-hmm. die just to see a progression of a disease. Mm-hmm. And it was no, they didn't have any rationale or anything as to why they withheld treatment. I don't know the rationale. Go ahead. We know the rationale, but we're, yeah. I like having a job <laughs> and not being blackballed. <laughs> so then you had that. And of course, if they brought up the Tuskegee, they were like, this is outside of Tuskegee. Mm-hmm. Tuskegee was the credit of credits. Mm-hmm. It really was. This, we, we would have hoped that after that came out that that would have stopped. Mm-hmm. But it's not. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can give plenty of examples of just... With withholding of care, mm-hmm. I've had patients with cancer of the back mm-hmm. given Tylenol. What's cancer of the back? So you your spine mm-hmm. has three sections. You have cervical, thoracic, and lumbar. Mm-hmm. Cervical, of course, is your neck. Mm-hmm. Thoracic is your chest cavity, and lumbar is your lower back. Okay, mm-hmm. and you have a S spine, which is actually where your butt is. Mm-hmm. My patient had a thoracic spine, so that's your middle of your back, Mm -hmm. where you breathe, you cough, you take deep breaths, you turn. We use it more than we think we do. Mm -hmm. She had a big mass there. Mm -hmm. She's not really in pain. She just needs Tylenol. When I got off the elevator for work, I could hear her scream. Mm -hmm. You didn't think she was in pain? People just scream? Mm -hmm. I thought that was horrible. I spoke up on that. I had a patient that had what we call bilateral rami fractures, mm-hmm. which is basically you have broken your pelvic bone on both sides. Mm. Oh, I don't believe she's in that much pain. Just give her grandma Tylenol. She'll be fine. Now, what is the, what is the flip side of that if, this, if you've seen like similar or the same uh, treatment for? Silly stuff. I've seen white girls come in. Oh, I have a headache. Oh, my goodness. She needs Dilaudid. No, she doesn't. That's the patient that needs Tylenol. Unless she's having like a specific, like debilitating headache. No. Menstrual cramps. Mm-hmm. I've seen patients get morphine from menstrual cramps. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm like, get a bottle of wine, go home. It's, unless you have endometriosis or something that mm-hmm. makes it debilitating, mm-hmm. there's no reason we are pumping you full of IV narcotics. But mm-hmm. then we have the patients. Cancer is painful. You don't leave people in pain. In pain. When you can mitigate or eliminate it. Yeah. And pain is subjective. I can't tell you you're not having pain. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point of the pain scale. On a scale of zero to 10, how would you rate your pain? What's an acceptable pain for you? It's subjective. I can't look at you and say, nah, they're not having no pain. He's all right. I'm not you. Yeah, that's what PG County came in. (laughs) (laughs) It did? Yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's cool. Keep going. Keep going. But that's where my problem comes in. And trying to explain to people, especially on social media, when they start talking, they're like, "This, I can't believe this is happening. I've been a nurse for 17 years. It's been happening. Mm -hmm. I've seen it. I was like, now, I want you to imagine 
being that black nurse advocating for your patients of color. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many times I've been in the back office. Mm-hmm. And my answer will always remain the same. I am here for my patients. I took an oath to back my patients mm-hmm. and to do no harm. Mm-hmm. I'm not here for friends. Mm-hmm. If I get friends, woo, great. Otherwise, I need to be able to sleep with myself with any decision that I make. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. So what I've told people, if not everybody has someone in their circle that's in medicine or whatever, mm-hmm. do your research. Yeah, and like don't don't rely thoroughly or heavily on WebMD. Do not rely on WebMD. WebMD will have you thinking you're dying every single time. Like, yo, this is the worst possible thing that you can have. Like, WebMD will have you ready to jump off a roof. I tell people all the time, (laughs) NIH has wonderful information Mm -hmm. about stuff, Mm -hmm. and we we're in the era of smartphones. When you think of it. Mm Type yeah. it, type your questions in the phone. Mm-hmm. If you've done your research, do you have a diagnosis and you want something and the doctor is not giving it? Could you put that in my chart for me so that someone will know that I was denied this? Mm-hmm. Because in our world, if it's not documented, okay. it's not done. The other thing, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to tell this whole story, but uh, it's also some things can be documented without you even knowing because you're a patient. So you might describe something and the doctor might feel it's upon them or coming upon them to actually put certain notes or narratives yes. in your chart. You know, like, you know, I, I, I saw a narrative in my chart. I was very just like, I'll tell you off mic what happened, whatever. It's funny. But at the end of the day, I was like not happy with it. Like this narrative. I was like, yo, that's, that's, that's mad sus. And, and the sad <laughs> part about that is that when we're taught to write our narrative, there's things that we were taught that I purposely omit. Mm-hmm. Say I, you were my patient, mm-hmm. I would put your age, year old male presents complaining of, I don't know, stub toe, mm-hmm. look at toe, toe, red, swollen, tender to touch. I purposely leave out race because to me- it's, but, but it doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't. Right. And I see the charts where they're like, 60 year old man, black man presents brought in by ambulance. Why? Why does that matter? Mm-hmm. They're here. Mm-hmm. Does it matter how they got here? Not at all. Does it matter that they're raised? No. What is their what What is their complaint? And how do they present? Now their present presentation. I can say patient is anxious, mm-hmm. but I have to say more than patient is anxious. Patient is fidgeting. Patient appears to be restless. I have to give. Some their, type of. They they want they want adjectives. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people just get so jaded in medicine that they just write whatever they want to write. Mm-hmm. So I actually like to speak to that. And um, I know I see you have some points. I don't want to. Oh, no, you're good on my points. Okay. Uh, like, I just want to, because we're going to wrap this up um, and we can come back for another round. I'm cool with that. Um, but uh, so I, I've, I've had an experience where I was. It's one of those things like you, you go to the ER, it, for me at least, I'll speak from my personal perspective. If, I've, if you've ever been to the ER, you might have felt the same way. But going to the ER feeling like I'm going to waste my money because they're not going to do anything, which is a, it's not a good feeling to have. But at the same time, it's like, I feel I need to go to the ER because you just don't know. Okay. Like, you know, what's your option? So I 
Um, I, I tore a pec in 2009 and I went into the hospital saying, Hey, I tore my pec. And the guy came in, he, I guess he did his version of an examination, whatever. Um, but he didn't actually like, there were no, there was no MRI order. There was nothing, you know, he just like, you know, like, all right, well, you know, you got a strain, you know, just get some rest, blah, blah, so forth and so on. And like, you know, and, and that was it. Now for me, I don't know any better at that point. Mm-hmm. At that time, I didn't know any better. And then because you're in the moment, because honestly, I wasn't going to go to the hospital. Like, I, like, I just like, my, my father actually taught me into going. He said, yo, you should, you should go, mm-hmm. you know. And I didn't get anything done. Nothing happened. So now I just have a, like a damaged pec. Because I didn't know that once you tear a pec, you need to have surgery to get that bad boy right. And you have a very limited amount of time before it starts receding and shrinking and doing what it wants to do. Uh, so my mobility in my left arm ain't what it should be. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, it was just a misdiagnosis. And okay. I, I'm still, like, not happy when I think about that. Okay. So there's a lot of misconceptions about what happens in ER. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time. ER emergent response. It's it's yeah. not really. If that's what they tell you, there's like yeah. If it's an emergency, we can diagnose it. But if it's like something like yeah, they can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're not going to really try either. Yeah. No, <laughs> because their specialty yeah. is emergency medicine. Mm-hmm. So you go to the ER. Yes, you will be seen. Mm-hmm. They may do a physical assessment. They may not. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing is are your ABCs intact? Intact airway, breathing, circulation. Are mm-hmm. you intact? Great. So then when you start talking about other things, they start doing stuff. But at the end of the day, three outcomes happen in the ER. Either you're emergent and need surgery, go to the OR. Either you're urgent, need admission, and you get admitted. Or it could be followed up outpatient. As an ER nurse, we do horrible discharge teaching. Mm -hmm. We give you this packet. We slightly go over your meds. The big part, MRIs in the ER really don't happen. Mm-hmm. It has to be on the verge of life-threatening, mm-hmm. okay? What they should have told you was, hey, I've, I've looked at my discharge papers. I don't like what they say. Mm-hmm. Listen to what I'm telling you. This is what you're going to say. You're going to call this orthopedic doctor, tell him you were seen here, you're having a problem with your chest muscle. And follow up and mm-hmm. they'll do all the respect because most sports medicine places have MRIs and the PT and all that inside. Mm-hmm. We have that right. Mm-hmm. You have that right. And another, a lot, another thing is people don't know is because, okay, after I spent all this time waiting in the hospital, because it's, it's seldom fast moving when you go to the ER. Uh, you don't want it to be fast moving. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm just saying, it's, it's you, you tend to spend some time. That's the other thing. I'm gonna spend yeah. all this time for them to not do anything. They're gonna like give me this bill for like you know fifty dollar Tylenol or something like that. Right. Um. But another thing is like because you've already gone for this emergent thing, sometimes your insurance will cover that follow up. Correct. Is that, is that correct? Correct. As long as it is the exact same complaint. Got it. Can't add nothing to it. Mm-hmm. It has to be the exact complaint, okay? Mm-hmm. I tell my patients when you leave the ER that if it's nighttime or during the day, call your doctor that day because you need to have that follow-up appointment with it scheduled within three days. Mm-hmm. Don't wait. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yes, they're very scheduled. Does it have to happen in three days or just scheduled? scheduled? Got it. Scheduled is very important because you've seen a doctor that's not your primary care that knows nothing about you, but what you tell them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's how you get that wrap up, follow up everything. Mm -hmm. But like I said, as far as seeing doctors and things like that, you think of questions, you have 50 million questions going in your head before you even get there. I tell people all the time, put it in the notes section in your phone, Mm -hmm. ask your questions, right? You can try to write, type in what they say so that you can think about it mm-hmm. or whatever, process it when you get home. But it's very important to write down those questions when they pop in your head. Because mm-hmm. the worst feeling is to get home and be like, dang, I ain't asked this. Dang, I ain't asked that. Mm-hmm. And it's very important because a lot of times they're telling you stuff that you don't realize is very important. Like, will help towards you because our whole game plan is to make sure you have independence and you return to what we call baseline where you were before said injury or sickness happened. Mm-hmm. That's our job. If we don't do that, we've failed at our job. Okay. And also I have a remedy for you too. Okay. So medical apartheid, is there anything else you want to speak on this, on this, on this subject? Did you have any other points? I see you got like notes and everything. I didn't want to like, Many we things. actually hit everything. Okay. We actually did. In so we got the, the book by Harriet Washington, Medical Apartheid. Um, it's, it's a hard read. It's a hard It sounds like it, but I'm interested. I still have to get through the half has never been told, and um, I'm still stalling on um, the new Jim Crow. Because I, I, I'm, I'm reading on in the, on the ebook and the hard, I mean, the paperback. And so I'm like going back and forth between them when I get stolen moments and reading while you're also writing something like a novel is not necessarily easiest to do. But I tell people all the time that like when they see us was hard for me to watch. And a friend of my ours it felt so necessary for me to watch that. A friend of ours told me to watch it. Mm-hmm. And when I was done, I wanted to go kidnap my nephews, move them into my house and homeschool them and never let them out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's hard, but we have to watch it to understand our our history. Because like they say, if you fail to know your history, you're doomed to repeat it, Mm. which is what's actually happening now. Mm. And I'm seeing that, especially from reading the medical apartheid, I'm watching that happen again. And we're not really speaking up for ourselves. Right. Well, I appreciate your time to come in, taking the time to come in. Uh, it's always a learning experience when I get to sit across from you, <laughs> whether there's a mic in front of you or not. Uh, I thank you again. Ladies and gentlemen, this is again Nurse Jamie. Thank you. Coming to bless us out of her busy schedule. We're going to try to get her in the studio really soon. Uh, but until then, please continue to listen, to share, to interact with us. We're on IG, Flash Black Radio. We are on Twitter, Flashback Radio, and we are also at Flashback News if you want to stay informed and all the stuff that's going on in the world. Uh, We are also on Facebook, Flashback Radio, and you can find us at the website, of course, flashblackradio.com, and we are on the places that you listen to podcasts, Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Keep going. We there. All right? So we're here for y'all. Please come through. Check us out. Let us know what you think. Interact. We're here for y'all. Until then, stay blessed, stay woke. One.